Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this session. I was reading this article and it was talking about in a recession, there seems to be more millionaires made at any other time. Now, they didn't back this up with any facts, but I got thinking about why would that be so? And one of the reasons, in my opinion, is the frames that we carry around in our mind. And one way to think about the frames in our minds is what do we believe to be true? And as we act as though they are true, we start to manifest themselves. Now, we've all heard this before. And I was thinking about communications. When you meet somebody, we often have two frames coming together. So you might have just taken an NLP practitioner and have a frame of mind that's very positive and a frame of mind that's saying you can do anything of your life, that you still need to work, but you have the skills and the tools now to create a successful life. And that's a frame of mind can come up against negativity, where people say, no, it's all a waste of time, it's all in the mind. And yes, it is all in the mind. That's my response. So what we have there is a positive frame of mind coming up against a negative frame of mind. And what they tend to do is clash. And when they clash, one is going to win out over the other. So can you maintain your positive frame of mind up against a negative frame of mind? Or will the negativity win out? And if you can hold your own frame of mind, then it becomes the dominant frame of mind. You've all heard of the experiment where if you say to somebody in the office, hey, you're looking great today, and you get everybody to say the same thing, they feel great, they feel on top of the world. And yet if you go, hey, what's up? You're looking a bit down, you're looking a bit ill, and everybody says the same, something similar to that same person, then they start to feel ill. And what that is, it's a frame that is winning out in their minds. So sometimes when we come up against negativity, and maybe you're feeling very positive, that's when two frames are clashing. And if you can maintain your frame, because it is being tested if you're in a positive frame of mind, the neg negative frame will be testing to see whether it is true. And by holding it, you're more likely to win out and the positive frame of mind becomes a reality. So could we use framing intentionally? Yes. 
and sometimes we can approach it from different angles. So we, we've got something called pre-framing. So before you're in a situation, you can set the mind, i.e. pre-frame somebody to act in a certain way. But not only can we pre-frame and frame, we can reframe somebody's thinking and also we may need to deframe somebody's thinking. And there's different ways we can go about this. So first off, if you would like to keep your frame of mind, you'll need to keep a strong, clear focus on what you're doing. Okay, so first things first, what is a frame? A f think of them as a frame of reference how you understand the world around you, how you understand something. And framing gives us meaning. So when you control the frames in a conversation, you control the meaning of that communication, which is very powerful. So let's put that into some context. Sometimes you'll have this experience where a salesperson it has this positive frame of mind. They're going to hit target. They're going to enthusiastic about what they're selling. And they're coming up against, let's say, a potential customer who has a frame of, oh, no, I've been cornered by a salesperson. Not again. They're going to try to get me to do something against my will. Now we have two frames clashing against each other. And if the enthusiasm and the optimism of the salesperson wins out, that person is quite likely to buy something. If, on the other hand, the frame of reference of, oh, no, not again, a salesperson, if that frame wins out, the person does not make that sale. We can see this in another example, where sometimes you have a child going, with a frame of mind going, I am not eating that green stuff on my plate. And the parent's frame of mind is, you will eat that green stuff on your plate and otherwise you're not leaving the table. And then, and these two frames are coming up against each other and it's the one that holds the frame is the one that wins the day. So we find frames all around us. And I think one of the things is to become aware of the frames that are happening. So just from those examples I've given you already, we see that sometimes people are resisting your frame of reference and they are fighting back in some way. So there are times when it's important for you to win the frame war. And that's because you can lead the interaction to a place that is useful and ethical for everyone concerned. So sometimes, you know, you're working with colleagues or potential clients and children, parents, you name it. Sometimes they're just having a bad day, for example, and that in itself can colour the whole interaction in a negative way and nothing useful gets done. So what we can do is recognise those frames, find out when somebody's testing our frames and present them with a new frame. Establish your own frame so we can create a genuine win-win from somebody for everyone involved. Now, what you'll find is that people will test your frames. Now, this could be consciously or unconsciously. And it's going to happen probably more than once within any communication. 
And it's at its strongest when you meet somebody for the first time. And I'm not talking for meeting a person for the first time, but that interaction for that day where the frames are being tested. Now, sometimes those frames are being tested just to see who's genuine within that frame, who holds on to their worldview and are using that test of your frame as a yardstick to judge all interactions by and once the frame has been established it tends to have an easing off into that interaction and people tend to relax though it's not static in any way and it's always shifting and changing it becomes a lot easier to deal with okay so What's going to be important for us to establish and keep a strong frame of reference? Well, the first one, as I've indicated, is maintaining your frame, making sure you're clear. Maybe you need to do some pre-framing. Maybe you need to do some reframing and deframing. Now, I've mentioned those several times, so let's get into this. So maintain your frame. This is important, and it as we just said, it's keeping your worldview. So imagine that you're on track and people are trying to push you off track with objections, challenges, giving you new frames. And when you stay on track, they tend to respect that. They go, ah, must be genuine. They must fully believe that's the right way. Okay, so we get that sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show is the NLP Master Practitioner. Complete a full NLP modeling project and pull together your NLP skills like no other course can. Head over to the website to grab your place today. Here's pre-framing. Now, pre-framing will happen before you get to the important part. So if you're dealing with colleagues and you introduce a new project or some change to an organization or you're talking to clients, pre-framing inoculates against objections before you get there. And when done correctly, makes life a lot easier. And you're dealing with the challenges before you get there. Now, reframing. A lot of jokes are reframes. For example, I'm not losing hair, I'm gaining face. So you notice it changes the meaning. And, and that's where a lot of the kind of cliches come from. The cloud has a silver lining. Those types of things are reframing the negative into something positive. Now, when we think about deframing, it's to go... Okay then, so when somebody is very strong in their frame, going up against them can be a lot of work and they're holding rock solid, you're holding rock solid. So what can you do about that? Well, way to think about it, a, for example, a deframing is, if you know the story of David and Goliath, where Goliath is meant to be this monster of a guy, and David is this small shepherd who throws a stone, knocks Goliath out, everyone's shocked. Well, we all know that story. Well, Malcolm Gladwell, in his book, David and Goliath, the story of the underdog, deframes the meaning of that whole story. Because everybody thought 
that Goliath had all the advantages because there was this big monster of a guy and David was just this kid who was a shepherd. And how he deframed the whole meaning of that was he said, well, if you're a shepherd, the way that you kept the wolves away from your goats, etc., was that you used to have a slingshot and throw stones at them. Now, they become very accurate and precise with throwing up the stones, and these stones were faster than a bullet. Now, so Goliath was expecting to come up against somebody his same size, wearing armor so they could battle it out. Whereas David got nowhere near him, several hundreds away, hundred feet away, throws this stone that says going faster than a bullet. No wonder David won. He had all the advantage. Notice that's deframed that whole story, and that's what we mean by that. Okay, so let's explore some pre-framed examples. So if I said to you, without looking out of your window, how many black cars are there? Now, if you know, then you'll just know. But here's the interesting thing. I pre-frame black cars in your mind. So when you look out a window or go out onto the street, you'll be looking out for black cars. So I pre-frame that. Another example I could use, for example, is if you're thinking of taking some NLB training, and I highly recommend it, do you want to train with somebody who is struggling with the concepts just passed as a trainer? Or would you like somebody with decades of experience and understands multi-level communication? I guess so. Well, we do have a few places available on our training. So notice what I've done there. There is a frame of there's different levels of NLP training. There are some trainers who have just started out and yes they might be cheap but I didn't want to price this on cheap I wanted this to be all about would you trust your unconscious mind to somebody who knows what they're doing or somebody who only says they know what they're doing so think of the frames in your mind yes I've been a little bit cheeky there but I think we're okay doing that You'll also notice there seems to be some natural frames or pre-frames, if you like, in certain situations. An example of that, if you're going to go and buy a Rolls-Royce, a, a top-end car, you're not n normally going in thinking, I wonder if they will haggle on price and how many miles to the gallon does the car do? Already, you're not going to be talking about those because that's not part of those frames the salesperson would look at you amazed that you even said that. So they're all pre-frames that are in place already. And so going to see a doctor, there's a pre-frame there that you will follow their guidance because they've spent a lot of years studying and you're relying on that knowledge. So there's lots of pre-frames around us. So let's now explore context and meaning reframes. Now, reframing was first observed within the NLP from Milton Erickson's work, so can be quite therapeutic, but it's used in all sorts of different areas. And there's the two main ones that we'll be exploring, like I said, is context reframing and meaning reframing. Now, in a context reframe, 
we're maintaining the behavior or the same situation but we adjust the context to make it more valuable we change it in some way and a meaning reframe we just simply change what the situation means so we're saying don't look at it this way look at it this way right okay so when we talk of thinking about meaning reframes typical statements and this is often a complaint people say things like this makes me feel it means that when this happens so what we're thinking of what else could this mean what positive spin could we put on the situation so for example let's give an example that probably be the easiest things so if somebody says when he buys me flowers it means he's been unfaithful okay we can reframe that to meaning buying you flowers may mean that he finds it difficult to say the words i love you so we're changing the meaning okay so let's have a quick touch on context so we understand people's behavior from the context so you will you'll hear statements like that sort of behavior really irritates me it makes me mad so we're now an- analyzing in what other context would this behavior be useful so somebody says i can't stand people being bossy the reframing of that sometimes you have to be bossy to get what you want in life so in this session we've explored frames and we know started off saying that frames of minds color our interaction in the world and they're creating meaning for us and what can happen is two people's frames of reference come together and knock up against each other and clash and we gave several examples of that and one of those which all parents come across is the child not wanting to eat something and a parent insisting there are two frames coming up and clashing against each other now thinking about that in within communication we thought to ourselves you know what if we can control the frame then we can control the meaning of the communication and we indicated that people will test your frames and if you hold on to your frame of reference and you're strong they can often see you as being genuine and believe in your frame of reference then we talked about pre-framing and we had some examples of pre-framing planting ideas in someone's mind before we get to the situation that we really want to talk about and sometimes we had to reframe and we looked at context and meaning reframes and the the variation between the two and deframing cat was also one of the topics that we covered i would love to hear how you use framing in your everyday lives you'll start to see it everywhere around you you might even start to notice more black cars on the road just for a little while because that was one of the frames we talked about But you'll see it in marketing. You see it within teaching. You see it in great communicators. So let me know how you've used frames and how you've used maybe reframing or you've had to deframe. And let me know those. I would love to hear those. Until next week. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. 
Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.